back with the WMAY Morning News Feed 638. I'm Greg Bishop. You can always find us online at uh, WMAY.com. Find me on social media, Bishop on Air, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can make that happen. Uh, and connect with us that way. Uh, yesterday, we talked with uh, Congressman Darren LaHood uh, just before they were getting ready to go back and try again to end the debate on spending $3.5 trillion, if not more. Uh, and Congressman LaHood uh, ultimately saying that uh, this is a, a, a huge spending bill uh, that is going to ultimately bring about the ruin of the United States, especially after a pandemic because of the incredible amounts of spending. Here's Congressman LaHood from yesterday. Spend another $3.5 trillion by raising taxes uh, on small businesses and working families. Um, again, I can't think of a worse approach to our economy than doing that. We also talked with uh, Maya McGinnis. She is with the Center for a Responsible Budget yesterday about the $3.5 trillion spending plan. And she said that it's actually possibly going to be upwards to $5 trillion in spending. Here's what she said about how expansive this bill is. It's hard to wrap your hands around. We are now talking about trillions. And the the size of the policies that are being proposed have just been supersized. They are so massive, it's it's hard to get your arms around them. And yet more and more of these new policies without full pay force are being proposed, many for very good, good objectives, infrastructure, investment, climate, important things. But we're not spending any time talking about how to fully pay for them. But again, uh, that was before Congress met in the U.S. House and they voted to end the debate on this three and a half trillion dollar spending proposal. Congressman Rodney Davis was there. He joins us now to get uh, more reaction to this. Congressman, thanks for taking time with us this morning on the WMAY morning news feed. Hey, thanks for having me on, Greg. So $3.5 trillion, is that where it stops? That's on top of the $1.2 trillion for infrastructure, on top of the $6 trillion that's been uh, authorized for COVID spending over the past year and a half. Uh, where does the spending end? Democrats in charge of all three branches of, of well, the, the two branches of government uh, with the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, uh, they don't want to stop. As a matter of fact, that's what's frustrating because with infrastructure, a very popular package with the American people, the Democrats clearly know that they're trying to use that just as a cover to spend wildly on raising your taxes and costs and also implementing their Green New Deal policies at a cost not to this generation, but to future generations. President Biden has said that nobody's going to pay more taxes if they make under $400,000 a year. Uh, does that does that hit small businesses? If so, what kinds of small businesses? And what do you think the impacts of that would be if indeed we see tax increases on those making over $400,000 a year? Uh, and, and how would that impact the economy, especially coming out of a pandemic? If any American believes that tax increases are only going to affect the ultra wealthy, uh, they're the same people that believe that Afghanistan is is not botched and that there are no Americans stranded there. We know it's not true. Uh, the costs and taxes will go up on every American. Remember, when Democrats made promises to get rid of the Trump tax cuts, they did it by wanting to raise taxes. On, by, they did it by wanting to raise taxes, uh, the corporate tax rate higher than where we set it, which made us more competitive in the global arena than we've ever been. 
And they also want to raise the pass-through rate, which affects so many small businesses that are trying to recover from this pandemic and trying to avoid future lockdowns that will continue to kill their ability to actually function. Congressman Rodney Davis with us on the WMAY morning news feed. So uh, this $3.5 trillion proposal includes things like extending the child tax credits that's uh, currently on it, uh, on the books through the end of this year. Uh, you also have um, uh, pre-K and uh, um, uh, community college subsidies, full subsidies for those. Uh, but there's also some elements in there about fate, paid family medical leave uh, and even uh, you know things that uh, Democrats will say uh, tax climate change head on uh how much more expansive in other areas does this this proposal go and what are the next steps for it if if the house is is approved to kind of move forward with crafting this how how soon do we see this massive spending bill and actually line by line everything that's going to be spent well when you look at the piece of legislation and they start to reconcile this then you're going to see the details and you're going to see how much this is going to cost uh, every single American. But the process that you asked about is that now it's going to go to the Senate. The Senate parliamentarian, because of the reconciliation process, will become the most powerful person in Washington. She will determine what is reconcilable and what is not. And the Democrats have shown that they have zero interest in trying to do anything but get that Senate parliamentarian to agree to more and more and more spending. And when this gets to the Senate, there's a couple of roadblocks, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, And I'm certainly glad that they're there, and I certainly hope that they don't cave as fast as the moderate Democrats in the House did and, and now are not going to – it looks like they're not going to get the deal that they made to get a standalone vote on infrastructure because the progressive caucus immediately after the moderates cut a deal, they said – we're not going to vote on infrastructure until we spend this $3.5 trillion, which I bet they'll want even more. It's now 645 and 73 degrees here in Springfield. It's the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. We're talking with Congressman Rodney Davis about action in the U.S. House yesterday to end debate on a $3.5 trillion spending proposal. Those details will now be crafted by Democrats who control Congress. Uh, Congressman, you mentioned the uh, $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. Uh, that's something else that uh, we're going to see uh, play out in the in the weeks and months ahead. Uh, but what about that uh, HR1? Uh, uh, the, the voting um, uh, resolution that would ultimately, uh, your party says, uh, federalize local elections. Where's that at? And is uh, Speaker Pelosi looking to uh, advance that? Well, H.R. 1, Speaker Pelosi has tried to run through my small committee that I run for Republicans, two Congresses in a row. And she's been successful in getting the Democrats to support this, uh, but no Republican has. And, and you're right, it will federalize elections. But yesterday... The Speaker and the Democrats tried to do the exact same thing with H.R. 4, and they tried to disguise it as a Voting Rights Act. Remember, uh, John Lewis is an icon in our nation's history. I I served with him in Congress. Uh, He passed away. They named this bill after him. But what they really tried to do is exactly what you said, to federalize our elections. They wanted to make every single jurisdiction in this country what we call a covered jurisdiction, that if Don Gray wanted to move a polling place, he'd have to get Merrick Garland's approval to do so. We have had record turnout in this in the last few elections, 2018 midterm, 2020 presidential, Greg. 
we don't have a voter suppression problem in this country. I've traveled the country with my Democratic colleagues who scream vote suppression, and they have not given us one single example of anyone who wanted to vote that wasn't able to vote in this country. We ought to celebrate that instead of continue to try to make government run our elections from the federal level. Congressman, there are some who are uh, questioning the outcome of elections throughout areas of the country uh, and others criticizing those as trying to uh, diminish the credibility. Uh, and you have audits like in Arizona, for instance. Um, and and how does all that play into uh, what's what's happening with uh, the, the, the package that uh, Nancy Pelosi wants to get through the uh, uh, the Congress to to impact local elections? Well, I would I would urge anyone who wants to understand our election process to go visit their local county clerk, find out what their entire process in their local jurisdiction is about. The reason we have the, the, the safest election process, I believe, in the world is because we're so decentralized. We don't need to centralize our election processes, and that makes it more vulnerable to cybersecurity issues. Uh, but when you look at the American system. We have so many checks and balances. Voting machines are not hooked to the internet and cannot be. There's a set of standards, Don Gray and every county clerk has to follow to even purchase voting machines. I certainly uh, hope that, that folks will be following my Faith in Elections project on social media. We're traveling the country to talk about what our election administrators do. And if you get a chance, get to know your local election administrator. If you question the outcome of elections in other states, get to know the election process in your state. And that is going to help us be able to get everyone to have faith in our great system. We're talking with Congressman Rodney Davis here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. A couple of other issues I wanted to get to with you, and I appreciate you taking the time with us this morning. I know you're going to be uh, traveling soon uh, after dealing with what's uh, been going on in Washington, D.C. But uh, we've got a whole host of things here in Illinois that we're uh, dealing with, including the governor saying that we could see more mitigation for COVID-19 mitigation in Illinois. He's already got the mask mandate in place in 50-plus school districts on probation. They can't play sports. They won't be able to have their diplomas recognized if they don't comply. Um, but what what's your take on um, uh, what I'm seeing here? Uh, Miguel Cardona saying that uh, schools can't be denied federal funds if they mandate masks. And I think he's more targeting those those comments towards like Florida, for instance. Right. Uh, but what about the flip side of that? What if a school district uh, wants to make masks optional? They may run afoul with the governor's order, but should they be denied uh, state or even federal funds? No, they should not be denied uh, state or federal funds. I think what the governor's doing is it's kind of mafia-esque. mafia-esque. Uh, it's do it my way or we're going to hold back any funding that you may get from the state of Illinois, in which we all know the way the education funding system set up in Illinois, state funding is essential for operation. And to say that you're going to take away certification. You've, you've, you've then decided to not look at a year's worth of science and data that come from our school districts and school districts across this country to talk about and to, and to go drill down and really see what the infection rates were in the last school year versus uh, school districts who, who required masks and who didn't. And and turning a blind eye to that data right now is something that I think is tragic. We've had school districts in my district that can't, they, they couldn't uh, learn virtually during the pandemic. 
We have a whole year's worth of data just with Illinois school districts, and we see the infection rate versus virtual uh, learning versus in-person learning. Let's use that data to make good common sense decisions before we start threatening kids on what they may or may not be able to do on the athletic field because somebody in a concrete building in Chicago decides that uh, a downstate school district with no broadband has to follow certain rules or they lose their certification. One last thing here, Congressman, here on the WMAY Morning News Feed with Congressman Rodney Davis. Um, We don't even have the congressional maps yet. Uh, The legislature coming back August 31st to redraw the legislative maps uh, that were based off of estimates. Uh, Now that we have the full census data, they're going to come back and and do it again. Uh, And we've got the court case that uh, ultimately is on pause until uh, that's settled uh, with a special session. But we don't have the congressional maps yet. But apparently you now have a uh, a Democratic challenger that's announced, Nikki Bozinski. Your reaction? Oh, I taken on every challenger that's ever come my way in the, my, my time in Congress and will continue to do so. Uh, I'm sure this is, this is not the first challenger uh, that has wanted to, to run in, in central Illinois in whatever district uh, the 13th looks like, and it certainly won't be the last. Well, we'll surely uh, touch base on this issue as we see what the congressional maps ultimately look like. Congressman Rodney Davis, thanks so much for taking time with us this morning on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Thanks, Greg. Take care.